you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for LAist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We are where we eat. We'll go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at LAist.com events. Studios. I've done a lot of stories over the years and, you know, money makes people very emotional. I've never gotten as many letters, emails, everything as I've gotten about the tipping story. People are very emotional about tipping. If you've ever worked in a restaurant as a barista or bartender, you know, tips matter. But for us customers, it's gotten a lot more confusing, and people have a lot of feelings about it. Here are some folks our intern, Ian Tashoma, talked to in downtown Burbank. I'm Ni Wen. I feel weird when I was low-key forced to tip, especially in like Starbucks or like boba place. People will stand there and will ask you like, do you want a tip? And it will be really, really awkward. I'm Kaylee Holland, and I live in Burbank, California. Tips are supposed to be something that is added on top of your wages, not something that is being a part of those wages. So that tip is kind of funny, especially when you're in a situation like a drive-thru or something like that. Really, what does that tip mean? My name is Angie Reyes. In my opinion, I feel like it's good. They deserve it because they work very hard. They should maybe do like raise and everything because everything is so expensive right now. I don't really like those too much, like a yogurt place or something like that where they automatically try to ask you for 15% or something like that. I don't think that's correct. It's more on like the store's responsibility to pay them like a decent livable wage and I don't really understand why the consumer have to bear that responsibility. This is How to LA, the podcast that helps you navigate your city better. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. I'm sure you've all experienced the flip when the person taking your coffee order or your taco order or whatever order turns the checkout screen toward you. The screen asks for a tip, often giving you a range from 10% up to 25% or make a custom tip. There's a lot of choices and it seems like more and more businesses are asking for tips now, including fast food restaurants and online retailers, places that didn't used to make that request. Why? To help us understand this tipflation better, it's kind of a made-up word. <laughs> we turn to NPR correspondent Stacy Vanek Smith, who sent some reporting on this. Hey, Stacy. Hello. So you lay out three main reasons why tipping has changed in recent years. The first is the pandemic. Yes. So the pandemic it was such an interesting time. I think it changed so many things in so many ways for all of us, really. But for, I think it really put a spotlight on service workers and and the importance of service work. And a lot of these workers were putting themselves in danger. And tipping became a way. I mean, we were tipping places we hadn't tipped before. We were tipping people we hadn't tipped before necessarily, like at fast food places and grocery stores and, and laundromats and things like that. And, mm. and we were doing it because we wanted to 
kind of express our, our gratitude and recognition at a time of real crisis. And I think the other thing that happened along with that was even people that we had tipped before, we were tipping a lot more as just a recognition. It was sort of a, a moment of solidarity. So I think that is where the whole tipping story really starts in a way. I do want to say that it feels like the worst of the pandemic is behind us. You know, we have vaccines now, but it still seems like tipping is even more prevalent. It's everywhere. (laughs) The one story I have is Starbucks. You know, like I think Starbucks started implementing those like you want to add 15 percent, 18 percent. And I was just like, okay, um, this is new for me in the past few years. So it just seems like it's more. Yes. This is totally correct. And that's because of one of the second reasons I found for the phenomenon of, I call it tipflation. I just made up word, but I didn't make it up, but it is is floating (laughs) around in the universe. One of the reasons was the job market. So during the pandemic, the early part of the pandemic, you might remember there were just huge job losses. Um, And then after that, companies started hiring like they were going bananas, hiring as fast as they could in a lot of cases, especially service jobs. It was so hard to find people to fill service jobs. We saw wages rising meaningfully for the first time in decades. We saw companies competing for, you know, I remember um, doing a story where Dunkin' Donuts was offering like a signing bonus Mm -hmm. and McDonald's would pay people 20 bucks to show up for an interview. I mean, it was it was sort of something that we hadn't seen in decades. Uh, So that happened. And one of the things that happened during that time is that tipping became a way for companies to attract workers. And at the same time, it's a time of inflation, a time of rising prices. So companies are trying to keep their prices looking as low as possible at a time when costs are going up. So one way to do that is keep the price low, but then add on a bunch of fees, right? You may have noticed the rise of fees too. Mm -hmm. That's something that happens when inflation is bad. Tipping became a way, like a backdoor way to get more wages to workers. So companies would keep their wages low, but add tips or add higher tips. And that was a way for them to get more money to workers without actually paying them more money so they could kind of keep prices looking low. But as the customer, you're paying more. More about tipping with NPR's Stacey Vatnick-Smith after this break. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theatre Company at the Los Angeles Theatre Center, presenting the world premiere of Mix Mix, The Filipino Adventures of a German-Jewish Boy by Boney B. Alvarez. Inspired by true events from the life of Ralph Price, after escaping Nazi Germany, a newfound tropical refuge in the Philippines is upended when Japan invades the islands. On stage through June 16th. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. Welcome back to How to LA. 
Let's get back to my conversation with NPR Global Economics correspondent Stacy Vanek Smith. Something I learned from your reporting was a big reason for this change in tipping is also technology. Can you explain that for us? So obviously during the pandemic, there was a lot more paying with cards, you know, contactless payments, all of that, and a huge rise of touchscreen payments, the, the, the screens. And that had already been going on before the pandemic, but I think it really accelerated during the pandemic. And one of the main companies that does this, Square, takes a cut of the whole transaction. Tips, fees, taxes, Square gets a chunk of all of it. So Square is incentivized to encourage higher tips. So business owners will say like, and I don't know if this is the business owners or or not. But I I did hear a lot of business owners say it's really hard to reset the tipping situation on the screens. Um, Tips might be set a little higher than they used to be. But Square is benefiting from all that. They're very open about this. There's, you know, yes, we take a cut of absolutely everything. It's in their, you know, facts on their their website even. They're just really open with that. Uh, But that also encourages them to encourage more tipping because they don't have to deal with frustrated customers or anything like that. They're just taking, you know, it just makes their cut a little bigger. Right. And just a FYI, I know from a family member who's a server is like, always tip with cash if you're tipping, like try not to tip with your card. And sometimes we have no cash on us, you know? Yeah. True. Exactly. The other thing here that I want to add, there is a story in the LA Times, that LA Times reporter Cindy Carcamo had been looking into this in Los Angeles. Former workers of a restaurant here called John and Vinny's, they sued saying that an 18% service charge was added to the bills at that restaurant, right? And it was confusing customers and it resulted in them being shortchanged on tips. So is that something you came across in your reporting? Service fees, service charges from the restaurant, plus the tipping? Yes. And this is even something that we saw from before the pandemic, because the tipping situation in the U.S. is really strange and it has been strange for a long time. But one thing that I think a lot of people semi know, I sort of semi knew this, but don't explicitly know that much, is that there are quite a few workers, millions of workers in the U.S. who make a sub minimum wage of I think it is two dollars and 13 cents. It has not changed since the 90s. And their pay comes from tips like that is how they get paid is via tips. Um, But it's it's there. There are pretty strict regulations around who those workers are. And it's hard to know if you're a customer. I mean, baristas, for example, they have to make a regular full on minimum wage. But a waiter or like a server, they are allowed to earn a sub minimum wage and make up that wage in tips. And as a result of that, tipped workers are more than twice as likely to live in poverty than people who have jobs that don't involve getting tipped. So one of the things that happens, though, is if you do tip your server, right, you're kind of hoping that money maybe goes right to your server, also goes to like maybe the, will it go to the dishwasher? Will it go to the host or hostess? Like where exactly does that money go? One way where restaurants have tried to address this is to do something like a service fee. Or there was a little trend before the pandemic of restaurants saying no tips. Danny Meyer, David Chang both did this in New York. They wrote huge editorials like explaining it because people thought, oh my gosh, you're monsters. Why are you taking tips away from people? They said, no, 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 this is more equitable. We pay everybody fairly. We're not subsidizing wages with tips. This way it's like much more equitable and things like that. So I think that the service fee is something I've heard as a way for restaurants to try to figure out 
how to more evenly distribute money or how to basically no one knows how to quite handle the tipping situation, I think. But service fees is one way that they can kind of spread it out. And of course, it's going to eat into tips, because if you look at service fees, you think, well, wait, that's the tip, right? And it's 18 percent, which is tip like so that I mean, I would probably make the same assumption. What's really interesting in your reporting that we found is that tipping is actually down, at least in restaurants. Why? Yeah. So there wasn't data as to why, but there's a lot of research being done on tipping right now because everybody's, you know, so so interested in it and emotional about it right now. As it turns out, most people have a negative view about tipping right now, most customers, and tipping this year is down. And for restaurant workers, many of whom make below minimum wage, tipping is down almost 10%. I think part of the reason might be that as consumers, people are being asked to tip in so many places now, places like, you know, your auto body shop. Someone wrote me saying that their plumber had asked them for a tip. Just places where you don't expect to tip, you're being asked for grocery stores, things like that. So I think there's a little bit of tipping fatigue. Mm -hmm. And so I'm afraid that this sort of rise of tipping and the fact we're paying more in tips might mean the people who need the tips the most, the people who count on that money to live, are actually going to be hurt because everybody is... And I wouldn't even say exhausted from tipping. I think it's start like starting to hit a lot of people financially. Mm. Like we're all looking at our savings accounts, noticing things are going down. I mean, this is just another expression of inflation. Like it doesn't show up in inflation data tipping, but it's a way that like a company can make prices look lower and still get more money out of customers. Stacey Vanek-Smith is a global economics correspondent for NPR. Stacey, thank you so much for explaining this for us. Thanks, Brian. It was great. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Monica Bushman. Tomorrow, we'll be back with a chat you won't want to miss. All about Barbie. My colleague Antonia Cerejido tells us about her new podcast series, L.A. Made, The Barbie Tapes. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.